Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. This is going to be the, um, I believe it's the fourth Sunday of Ordinary Time. So let's begin with the uh, opening penitential act. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fall, through my fall, through my most grievous fall, therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray with me and for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us and forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Okay, Kiri Elision, Kiri Elision, Kiri Elision, Christe Elision, Christe Elision, Christe Elision. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory, Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father. Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us, for you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. All right, so, so, um, a lot's happening lately. Um, a lot is, um, going on. Unfortunately, there's a lot really controversies and everything going on with the church, with the Pope, um, Look, the best thing we can have, we, we have no power over these things. The best thing to do is focus on our salvation and, and remain, I would say, good, faithful Catholics. We don't have to agree with all the other nonsense going on. So trust me, in my view, I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done within the church. There needs to, you know, a lot of people don't know what they believe. They don't know they don't believe in everything. I mean, look, Nancy Pelosi wants a exorcism in her own house because of that incident with her husband and whatever that guy was. And that here's a woman who wants exorcism and at the same time she supports abortion, contraception, and gay marriage. Explain that to me. Well, you can't because she can't. And, you know, you got a whole bunch of other nonsense going. I mean, look, you got Joe Biden, who, who's president of the United States, and he supports these things. Explain that. You can't. You know, we have, to, we, we need to focus on other things. We need to focus on our salvation, which is much more important. All the other things, let's hope they get through them. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Okay, for the first reading for the fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time is from the prophet Zephaniah, chapter 2, verse, uh, verse 3, 
then chapter 3, verse 12 to 13. 12 to 13. Zephaniah, chapter 2, verse 3. Chapter 3, verse 12 to 13. Reading from the book of the prophet Zephaniah. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the earth, who have observed his law. Seek justice, seek humility. Perhaps you may be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. But I will leave as a remnant in your midst a people humble and lowly who shall take refuge in the name of the Lord, the remnant of Israel. They shall do no wrong and speak no lies, nor shall there be found in their mouths a deceitful tongue. They shall pasture and couch their their flock, with none to disturb them. The word of the Lord. Okay, one more time. Reading from the prophet Zephaniah, chapter 2, verse 3. Chapter 3, verse 12 to 13. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the earth, who have observed his law. Seek justice, seek humility. Perhaps you may be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. But I will leave as a remnant in your midst a people humble and lowly who shall take refuge in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel, they shall do no wrong and speak no lies, nor shall there be found in their mouths a deceitful tongue. They shall pasture and couch their flock, coach their flock with none to disturb them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so Zephaniah here says, Seek the Lord, all you humble of the earth who have observed his law. Seek justice and seek, uh, it says, seek humility. Perhaps you may be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger but I will leave as a remnant in your midst, a people humble and lowly who shall take refuge in the name of the Lord. Now let's stop there. He says here, all you people of the first part, seek the Lord, all you humble of the earth who have observed his law. That right there, is he's saying global he's not saying just of israel he's saying of the earth which is all can speak of all the nations all right with seek justice and humility perhaps you may be sheltered on the day of the lord's anger perhaps i will leave as a remnant in your midst a people humble and lonely who shall take refuge in the name of the Lord. After this part, he says, the remnant of Israel. So the first part I think of, of Zephaniah's prophecy is saying all the people of the earth, just like when God says to Abraham, through you, all the nations, of the earth shall be blessed. 
he says he does make mention of the earth then after that first part of the prophecy he mentions the remnant of Israel they shall do no wrong and speak no lies nor, nor shall there be found in their mouths a deceitful tongue. They shall pasture and coach their flocks with none to disturb them. So the first part of Zephaniah speaks of the earth. Then he speaks of Israel. So we can say that definitely within in Jesus Christ, we we know we observe the law through Christ by being humble. We, we observe the law of Jesus Christ. We are able to observe the law. Who, and like it says it here. Seek the Lord, O you humble of the earth, who have observed the law. It's not just following the law through ritual, through perfect cleanliness, through perfect, through perfect washing. But the key to following the law is to humility, to be humble, not to be a strict um, narcissist or a strict uh, observer, just like do this correctly, do that correctly. Make sure you're eating the f this, this, this food is, is kosher. This food, the, this, the, the washing is kosher. The dressing of your clothes, making sure you don't mix wool with linen or cotton is ridiculous. You have to, you know, that's the only, is through purification. No, perfect purification is humility. Perfect purification is love. And the only way we can do this is through Christ. Okay. And even like for, for a modern Catholic, especially now this division between the the, the the rad trads or the the TLM and then the the constant division between traditional Latin mass or the extraordinary form against the ordinary form which is what was also known as the Novus Ordo. No. Both are one of the same sacrifice and both lead both both celebrate the one Jesus Christ. You know, this is happening now and it's sad that this division. It's one sacrifice, the same Jesus Christ. The expressions are different. The roadmaps are slightly different, but it's still the one same true sacrifice. And this is something that Benedict, uh, Pope Benedict XVI pointed out. Unfortunately, Pope Francis sees, him, sees it as two different rites. It is not two different, there's it, two expressions of the same rite. It's one Roman rite. But Hey, we, we, we digress here. We, we have to remember that we have to follow Christ. We have to observe him. We have to, we have to keep our eye on him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is our salvation. He is our resurrection and life. He is the way. And we have to stick with him. All right, let's move on. Okay, Psalm 146. Blessed, the, blessed are the poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. The Lord keeps faith forever, secures justice for the oppressed.
gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets captives free. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord raises up those who were bowed down. The Lord, the Lord loves the just. The Lord protects strangers. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. The fatherless and the widow, the Lord sustains. But the way of the wicked, he thwarts. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, through all, through all generations. Alleluia. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. So we got Psalm 146. And we the response is from the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. The Lord keeps faith forever. Secures justice for the oppressed. Gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets captives free. The Lord's... The Lord gives food. Um, the Lord secures justice. The Lord gives food to the hungry. And he sets captives free. Now, the, the activist wants to focus on the material. You know, uh, to the activist, uh, it's easier to focus on the material. You know, uh, oppression, uh, yes, there, there can be physical oppression, political oppression. But remember what our Lord said. You will always have the poor with you, but you, won't, you will not always have me. And the problem here is that, like Fulton Sheen said in his book, The, um, the, the Light. The life of Jesus Christ, the life of our Lord, he said that the communist, the Marxist, the socialist took the cross and left, uh, abandoned the Christ and they, and they turned the cross into the hammer and sickle and turned him into, and turned the crucifix into, from a symbol of redemption to a symbol of totalitarianism. But in the decadent West, they took Christ without the cross and they turned him into a masculated, effeminate, sterile savior, a savior basically with no uh, true, no virility, no truth, no love. And they made him into a dandy boy. They made him into a... Uh, uh, very uh, basically meaningless. They made him into an activist. And that's basically what happened. He became an activist. Social justice. What about the poor? What about the migrants? What about all those? But then they forget that you need him to be a savior because activism basically is, is basically just exploiting the poor, exploiting the oppressed. The racist hides behind activism. 
the the elite hide behind activism. The social justice warrior hides behind activism. They the 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 Nazi, the KKK, and the Marxist. They all hide behind activism. Even even the evil rich hide behind activism, hides behind social justice. You know, there is no real justice without salvation. You'll never accomplish any of the, and some of these things are good, but some of them also the devil loves to exploit. The devil loves to exploit the poor. We know this because he did this um, in the desert when Christ went out for 40 days. What did he do? If you are truly the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. What is he saying? Fulton Sheen said, he's saying, end world hunger, end, end, end the misery of the poor. Give them food. If you're the Messiah, do this. The next level, of course, we have the, um, the Marxists. Remember earlier, they take the cross without the Christ. And so, again, they're focusing on the material. They think they can, you know, it's easier to focus on the material world than to focus on the physical world. You probably ask why. Well, because the devil, the devil always turns to the physical world because that's where his, his, he's in prison, partly within this world, and he's not allowed to go to heaven. He's not allowed to see. There's no peace but then he knows this is what these people want. So I'll make my kingdom here. I'll focus on the injustice of man. I'll focus on his failures. Problem is, it doesn't always work out that way. You can't just do that. But unfortunately, people will. But focus on Jesus Christ. Focus on salvation history. Focus on that. And everything else, I think, you know, it will begin to make sense when you focus first on, on the things that really do matter to Christ. Do it the way he does it. Let's not do it the other way around. Okay, let's move on from there. A reading from the letter of St. Paul. Um, the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, a reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 26 to 31. Consider your own calling. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. Rather, God chose the foolish of the world to shame the wise and God chose the weak of the world to shame the I'm sorry I'm using here the church missile here and one part of Spanish all right let me start over again consider your own calling not many of you were wise by human standards not many were powerful not many were of noble birth. Rather, God chose the foolish of the world to shame the wise. And God chose the weak of the world to shame 
the strong. And God chose the lowly and and despised of the world. Those who count for nothing. To reduce to nothing those who are something. So that no human being might boast before God. It is due to him that you are in Christ Jesus. Who became for us wisdom from God. As well as righteousness, sanctification and redemption. So that as it is written, whoever boasts should boast in the Lord. Okay. All right. So let's read it one more time. Reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 to 31. Consider your own calling. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. Rather, God chose the foolish of the world to shame the wise. And God chose the weak of the world to shame the strong. And God chose the lowly and despised of the world. Those who count for nothing. To reduce to nothing those who are something. So that no human being might boast before God. It is due to him that you are in Christ Jesus. Who became for us wisdom from God. As well as righteousness, sanctification and redemption. So that as it is written... Whoever boasts should boast in the Lord. All right. Well, this is definitely something we're going to have to really look into here. What does he mean? Well, it doesn't matter whether you, in a sense, are rich or poor, but he does say here, not many were of noble birth. The Christian faith attracts those. It, it it doesn't it's not it's not prejudice against rich because obviously Nicodemus or Joseph or Arimathea, and you had other people with money. Uh, Barnabas, uh, who became Paul's companion, also had money. Lazarus had money, I'm sure. But here's the thing. It's not about money. As a matter of fact, sometimes God does give the grace to someone who has money to to see the problems. You could have material wealth and you could still be unsatisfied. I mean, you could wind up like someone like George Soros, right? Who has so much money. You can wind up someone like Carl Schwab and you can have all that money. And you, you just don't see the world. You see yourself or you just don't want to see the world and you want to see only what you want to see. You can have money and you can think that money is going to save you. It's not going to save you. As a matter of fact, God could even make you more dissatisfied and he can even harden your heart even more because you refuse to see the problem. You could wind up like politicians like Nancy Pelosi. Money matters. Money is all that matters. And sometimes if you if if there was no God, 
if God didn't exist, but for some reason we do exist, money will be all that matters because you want to have as much of it so you can live comfortably and live above everybody else. You can be better than anybody, anybody else. So this life would all that count, but this life is not all that counts. There's more. And because God is, God exists, we know there's more, there's more substance to this life. There's more truth to this life. Money is not all the answer. Although having money is good, it's not all the answer. Paul points out here, not many of you were wise by human standards. So even knowledge is not all the knowledge, all the wisdom, all the technological knowledge does not matter. All the technological stuff, no matter how, how wise you may, you may be, no matter how educated you may be, that's the better word. No matter how educated, educated you may be, you could be educated in science. You could be educated in philosophy. You could be educated in technology. You could be educated in medicine. Yet, you know, this is, this, there's more to it. There's more to it that counts. You know, and you could be of noble birth, but it still means nothing. It still doesn't get you what you want. So there has to be more. And God reveals to us that there's more. He reveals to us that there's some, that there's things out there that are more. There's more to God's creation. There's more to God's love. I mean, I mean, God's love is what you want, but I'm saying is there's more to the, to, to, to the things of this world. This has to be, can't be all there is. There has to be more. Life has to have more meaning. Life has to have meaning. There has to be meaning why we're all here. There can't be the governments, the empires, the material stuff. There can't be just all the sex. There can't be just all the money. There can't be just all the governments. There can't be just science. There has to be more. And there is more. There's Christ. And in Christ, we find out that, that life has meaning. We find out that there is truth. There is purpose. In him, all of creation has meaning. All of creation is made holy. We are made holy. We have meaning. We have purpose. We have value in God. Because God made us for this. There has to be more. And there is more. And we found it. It's in Christ Jesus. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Rejoice and be glad. Your reward will be great in heaven. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Chapter 1, verse 12. Okay. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. 
Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they will they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. The gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So, the Sermon on the Mountain, what is it? Why does he climb up the mountain? Well, Jesus is the true Moses. He is the true Moses. But also when he went, goes and sits down, he's not just sitting down as Moses, as the cloud came down from heaven. If you read the book of Exodus, right? And there was a scene where Moses set up an altar and all the heads, the representatives of the tribes went up and sat down and they ate while the cloud came down the cloud. <clears throat> you can see the image of God on the other side. The cloud was like the veil, the curtain. They couldn't, they weren't ready to see God yet. The angels flew around. They can see the angels flying around through the cloud and they can see the image of God, his feet. Uh, yeah, God has a form. He's a he's spirit and he has both. He's not, there's no rule that says he can't have a form or shape, but he is also spirit. So it's not against scripture. The problem is, I think, is that those of us who, there's some people, I think, that believe in God, but at the same time, they want to keep God far away. You know, they don't want to, because they don't want to lose the, the, the result of original sin is autonomy from God. We want him far away. We don't want him that close to our lives, but we're not shameful enough to, when evil things happen that we have no control of, when tragedies happen that we have no control of, we have, we don't have, we, there, there's no shame in blaming him. There's no shame in asking where, where is God in all this? But anyway, I digress. The point is now God became flesh and now he walks among us and he sits among us. He chose to be one of us. And so he goes up the mountain, he sits down and he opens his mouth. And what does he do? He changes, he shows us the real value of things. How we see things as fallen human beings is really backwards. And he's showing us this is how God sees things. And so 
where we, where we elevate the powerful and the rich and the ruthless and, and the vain. He inverts to us. It's inverting, but really we've got it inverted. He, he elevates the poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. What does he mean by poor in spirit? Does he mean physically poor? Yes and no. Yes and yes. Those who are, who are, who think themselves rich and may be rich in wealth, your money means nothing. Your money can't. What does it say in one of the Psalms? What price will a man give for the price of his soul? Men are like, senseless beasts out in the field. But the truth is God sees he sees those who know they are poor in spirit, both poor and rich, are equally poor in my sight if you do not have me in your life. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Those who need, know that their lives are empty of God, whether you're the poorest poor on the street who is bitter and angry, as we see on the New York City subways, as we see on the streets of New York City, or the middle class poor who is also unhappy, and the richest rich, the richest person on the planet, the trillionaire, zillionaire, whatever, are also poor in the eyes of God. And both need God in their life. Right? So basically, in the eyes of God, we're all equal. And in the eyes of God, we're all poor without Him. Whether you have money or don't have money, you are poor without God, without me in your life, without my presence in your life. This is the truth how God sees things. Now the second part here. Blessed are they who mourn. For they will be comforted. Mourn for what? Mourn. Mourn for. For the truth of God. Those who, those who recognize that their lives are empty without God. In a sense it's almost similar to the. To the poor in spirit. But. Those who who basically know that there will nothing no one will ever be satisfied without God. No one will ever be satisfied if they don't admit they don't admit that they need God in their life. This is this is a fact. You mourn because you want to be with the Lord. You mourn because you want the love of God. You want everyone to be saved. You mourn when people lose their faith. You mourn when people despair. You mourn when there's injustice. You mourn because of hypocrisy in the church. You mourn because of broken families. You mourn because of the, the loss of that faith. This is the will of God. And this is what we all, uh, God wants. God sees people who mourn as true, as, who mourn and recognize the need for God's presence in the in the world, who recognize that there, there are people in the world that need God, they desperately need God, and that unfortunately, you know, what are you gonna do? 
you know, if we, if we don't have God, we're nothing. And we should mourn if we don't have God in our life. So, yes, he is the true salvation. He is the true comfort. All right, so you go on from there. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. What does it mean being meek? What does he mean by that? What is meek? Does that mean like really cry, someone who's weak, someone who is fragile, someone who's ignorant, you know, kind of like, no, what he means by um, is a holy meekness. A holy meekness, one who doesn't have to, I guess you can say, show it off. You need you need a holy meekness because you, you know, you, you have a. Well, let's put it this way. Some people might take your meekness for a something pathetic. No, what do you mean by? You don't have to prove anything to anybody. This a holy meekness means you're meek for God, not for men. You're not before men. You're meek only for him. In other words, you're okay and you're content. You're content with what with with who you are. You don't need any more to make you happy. You don't need anyone's approval to make you happy. Meekness, a a, a holy content you're content you know that you don't need that that to show off you don't need these things you're okay and you're content and you're confident in yourself and you're confident in Christ Jesus you're confident in God you don't need anything more nothing could you nothing will impress you you're okay and even with insults I think you're okay your, your confidence is in Christ Jesus and nothing more. You know, that's the best way I can explain it. You are content. You are content and you don't need anything more. You know, let's, let's pray for that. Let's pray for something like that. Um, okay. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. All right. This is where we got to be careful. It's good to want justice for the poor. It's good to want um, to want to remove oppression. It's good to fight to fight for those things. It's wrong, I think, that when you take it away from Christ and you because what happens is you could wind up making your own righteousness. You could become a socialist. You could become a Marxist. You could become uh, an activist. And everything you do will be empty of God. You will take the cross without the Christ and it will become a hammer and sickle. You'll become Antifa. You'll become a liberation theology. You, you know, basically you'll be taking the wine of Christ, the wine of God, the wine of the gospel, and you'll be putting it in earthly vessels, and you'll be trying to conform Christ 
to the will of the world. You'll make Christ into a tyrant. You'll make him into a dictator. But at the same time, the same time, if you look at the decadent West, what happens to Christ? You want you have Jesus, but he's not the Jesus of the Gospels. He's the Jesus of that man's mind. He'll be he'll be the social justice warrior of 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 someone else, a perverted idea. You know, it's it's you know it's difficult, but that's exactly what it is. When the devil said. You know, take these stones and make them into bread. He was saying, end world hunger. End all the injustice. You know? Or if you are you are Jesus, if you are really the Christ, climb up the mountain and jump um, jump off of, uh, of this building. And doesn't it say the angels will protect you? Guess what happens? No. No. The fact is, meaning show the world your power. Show it. Or... Here, this is all the kingdoms of the world. It's rightfully mine. In some sense, he's right. Because we chose a world without God. We chose to have him. To have the devil rule over us. But here's the thing. No. No, no, no. Because you can't. You, the world is passing away. You're thinking as men do. When that's why these people want to dominate the world. That's why they're so obsessed because they, this has to be the only, only thing that matters. No, absolutely not. We need Jesus Christ in our lives. We need him and only him. You will never be satisfied with the world. The world without God is a cruel place. Only God can help us. Only Christ can help us. So, and then it goes on from there. Um, merciful. Okay. Again, this is one of the, all the attributes of God, mercy. And we have to show mercy in the right way. We can't just throw mercy everywhere the way the world wants us to. We need only Jesus Christ. We need only him. We need to practice his mercy. And then you can go on down the list. I mean, here, uh, blessed are the merciful. Mercy is also, look, the best way you can love somebody, the best way to show mercy, the best way to show love is you want them to know Jesus Christ. You want the best for that person. And of course, we can't just push it on someone. We need to show, we need to show more. We need to show what Jesus Christ did to our lives. Going up to someone and saying, hey, do you know who Jesus Christ is? When they they may not be, you know, you, you, you know, you got it wrong. You could even make it worse where they reject religion even more. Get to know the person, get to know them and let them get to know you. And when they get to know you and they get to see what Christ has done in your life, then you can w want more. You can give, give more to that person. Anyway. Anyway, that's, that's just the best way. Uh, so that was mercy. Uh, pure of heart is also clean of heart. I like prefer the word pure of heart. And basically, again, it's, it's bringing the, the gospel back. I mean, basically, it's bringing... It's, it's basically what you want is purity. You want the pure of heart... It's without lust. 
uh, you want to help that person. I mean, let's put it this way. Pure of heart is loving somebody beyond the sexual, beyond, beyond the physical. You love that person. You love that person with the love of God. You love that person with true, true love, true love that surpasses the physical, that surpasses the material. In a sense, you love that person for who God created them. You love them and you love them with the love of Christ. You don't want, you don't want to take anything from them. You don't want to take their innocence. You don't want to take. You don't want to ruin the beauty of the relationship. The relate the, the the having them as your best friend is far more important than not having anything else. You just have to look at it that way. All right, let's move on. We went okay. Blessed are the peacemakers. Well, again, everything has to be done through the eyes of God, eyes of Christ. You have to want peace for everybody. You have to seek the peace of everyone around you. You need that. Um, basically, the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. And that's that's what we have to do. We have to think like him and do the right thing. Um, there's more to this, basically. But Jesus said, my peace, I give you my peace. You know, I leave with you. Yeah, it's not a peace of the world. It's not the peace of the of 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 the rich and powerful. It's not the peace of some military dictator. This is a peace that surpasses everything else. And then it goes on from there. This is the part here I think is very important. Blessed are they who persecute, who are persecuted for the sake of the righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when you were, when you were insulted. This is this part goes pretty much, I think, with pretty much everything else, but the, with this last part. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you, persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you, falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is will be great in heaven. Amen. So, yes, we've the last part is persecution. And I think in many ways, persecuted for the sake of Christ is, I would say that this is the highest form. And you, and look, you know, you need that. Christ himself, remember, when he said the same, uh, same soul, the, those who are persecuted basically have all the qualities of the first. And even they're far more superior. You are driving him nuts. You're driving everybody nuts. You need... You need... You're driving everybody nuts who basically don't want Jesus Christ in the world. This is why you get a lot of people now. You get a lot of censorship. You get a lot of people who want to quiet, who want to shut the gospel, who want don't want you to preach it. They don't want to hear about about abortion, they don't want to hear about gay marriage, they don't want to hear about anything, but this basically is you need Jesus Christ, you need him, you can't do any of those things, you can't do bring peace, you can't, you can't fight for justice if you don't have Jesus Christ in your life.
you need him and you need him in your life simple as that anyway all that is the new ten commandments it's the new law coming down from heaven and because of our new moses amen amen come lord jesus come amen i believe in one god the father almighty maker of heaven and earth of all things visible and invisible i believe in one lord jesus christ the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. He rose again from the dead. On the third day, in accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and of his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And... I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary. Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in the day of battle. Be our protection against the wild and wicked attacks of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.